Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. You should never address a letter to an HR administrator. The last thing in the world you want to do is talk about your education because this is huge. If you want something, then then it's going to make a difference. Thousand hours a year, and and that's just what's expected, and that's the culture. Welcome. This is a cover letter workshop. It's something we do at least usually a couple times a year. Now today, for whatever reason, we didn't receive a lot of cover letters to review. So we do have some and we'll review those, but I have enabled a chat. So if anybody wants to put their cover letter in the chat, I'm happy to also review it on the call. And you can take your name out and I don't need anybody's name or anything in there. So it is all confidential when you when you provide your cover letter. Let me get into some stuff here. Give me one second. I'm just going to stop my shit while I don't and find some of the cover letters we have and we will get started. Couple of notes about your cover letters. And, and again, I will take a lot of questions today as well. I'm just pulling something up here. Yeah, so if anybody wants to put their cover letter in the chat, I'm happy to review it on this call as well, because it, again, it's important. I'd like to have more cover letters. It's funny, the last one of these we did, we had, I don't know, like more cover letters than we could handle. And same thing with the resume workshop we did a couple of weeks ago. But today, for whatever reason, not a lot of people have sent over their cover letters. I will, I'm happy Happy to review it. Cover letters, anyone that sends some new cover letters over. Before we get started, I wanted to review a couple of things that people are always asking about. Now, let me just see here. And again, if anybody has any questions about cover letters as well, you're welcome to ask them in the chat and I will also answer them during the call. A couple of things I wanted to just go over real briefly that are related to anytime someone is hiring you, what they're asking. And the cover letter provides a good way for you to answer these questions. So anytime someone's hiring, regardless of your level, and I'll just go over these. And I, I cover these all the time, but these are very important. The first one is, can you do the job? Will you do the job long term? Are you a good cultural fit? Yeah, do we like you? And then the other is, can you be managed? So these are four things that five, six things that everyone's asking. And can you do the job essentially means the, your resume is really what answers that. So your resume answers whether or not you can do the job. And this just means do you have the education, the skills, and the experience that the employer is looking for? The idea would be if you're a, hypothetically, if you're a medical, I don't know, let me just, if you're a defense attorney that defends doing commercial litigation, do you have the same kind of education, skills, and experience that people working in that firm have? And if you don't, that's a problem. And so every, your resume really answers that question. You you can't, if someone takes a look at your resume and they're going to really understand that right away and that you write in your cover letter probably is not going to convince people of that fact. So I'll tell you an interesting story. And this is the attorney search. And we write letters for all of the candidates that we represent. And then it used to be a very big deal at our company. We would, all of our recruiters would sit around. We'd have these meetings every week and every three months. And we talk about the letters and how our letters are drawing out the person's experience and, and what we're doing and how we're making the person likable. And one thing I would say, and this is very important, is what we do in our cover letters for a candidate that helps a candidate that a candidate can't do themselves is we will talk about them as individuals. So we'll say things like, we'll say that, I don't know, if the person's parents died when they were young and they were right in a foster home and things that wouldn't go on a resume, or if the person is the first person in their family to go to college and just anything that makes a person started working when they were 12 years old, anything that's unusual that humanizes the person. Because what I found, it was interesting when 
we sat around. So recruiters represent lots of different candidates and not everyone they represent gets a job, of course. And what we found when I remember when doing that is, is the people that I was able to connect with the most personally and write the best letters were always the people that I ended up placing. The people that I wasn't ended up that I couldn't connect with or didn't want that connection when I would write a letter without a connection wouldn't get jobs. And I, this is going to all make sense in a moment when we start talking about this. But the idea is that what people, everyone is seeking is a connection. And when someone else talks about you in a cover letter and brings out your skills and what makes you unique and makes you likable, it's a very big deal compared to what the resume says. So lots of people have good resume. When you're trying to get a job, you're not necessarily competing on that. Now, there's employers who will hire you because of your resume, and that's fine. But the resume is really what tells if you can do the job. Your cover letter is an opportunity to do something else. So the next one is, will you do the job long term? So the way an employer gets that idea is, and this is when you're, and just think about it from your standpoint. So can you do the job? And again, I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's not that relevant, but just think about yourself. If you're hiring somebody to paint your house and they show up and they say they've never painted, but they've done a lot of plumbing, that's not going to be helpful to you, even though they're both the same sort of thing. They're working in a, doing someone that can do the job is someone that just has the skills and experience. And a defense attorney trying to do plaintiff's work might be able, not be able to do the job. Someone is just, these are all things that the law firm is looking at. Doing the job is really your resume answers that question. So what happens is someone takes a look at your resume and they'll just say this person, so I noticed someone raised their hand and you can, if you have a question, you can ask it in the chat and I will answer it and I will call on people. This just means, do you have the skills and experience to do the work? And law firms that are looking at your resume, pretty much what they'll do is they'll look at your resume. Anyway, so the, so this is what the can you do the job? And your resume asks, answers that question. And so you're never going to, if you can't, if you don't have the skills and experience to get a position, you're almost always not going to be able to get in based on with anything but your resume. Now, can you do the job long term or will you do the job long term is basically another question. So do you look committed to the practice setting, which is a law firm, practice area? and where any place you work and also the geography. So employers aren't stupid. They don't want to hire people that come in and are going to leave because when people leave, it undermines the leave, it, it wastes training time, upsets clients, undermines other people that are working there and makes other people unsure that are working in the employer about working there. So there's just a lot of reasons and it just means you're a bad investment. And so that's one of the reasons that I tell people that it's not always a good idea to be hopping around. People want to believe you're going to do the job long term. For the most part, your resume answers that question. Not always, but your resume answers that question. If they see a lot of movement on your resume, meaning you're moving around to different places and, and doing a lot of different things, then and you're working in different practice settings or you're working as a litigator, then you go in in-house and then you go back to a firm and then you go clerk. People, this is just a law firm knows you're going to leave. And so that scares them. And to some extent, you can answer that in your cover letters. So this is can be answered in the cover letter. And we'll talk about that in a minute if you have a lot of movement, but not always. Okay, then the next one is, can you be managed? So again, what law firms want is they want to hire people that will follow instructions. And so this particular aspect of it, which basically means, will you follow instructions? Will you, are you someone that's able to do what you're asked? And that sort of thing. Because if people are too independent, and this is a big issue, if you do not respect authority, they undermine the whole system. If you have certain associates that refuse to work on weekends or they refuse to 
come into the office, then it undermines everybody. And that's a problem. So you're entitled to have these folks to not be managed. But if you're like, that's a problem. Things that make you look like you cannot be managed are moves, which we talked about above. And then the other thing would be entrepreneurial ventures, because most people that do entrepreneurial things ultimately go back to doing that. And getting fired is one, getting fired on your resume and similar things like that. There's a lot of things that would make it look like you can't be managed. So your resume also answers that question. You can take a look at someone's resume and you can give a sense right away if they could be managed or not. But not always. People, by the way, that makes it interesting, but people that can be managed will tend to talk in a different way about things than people that can't. This also can be answered in cover letter. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. Okay, so all these things that we talked about, these first three, are the things that a resume does. And your history, in terms of what you've done before, is pretty much all answered on your resume. So your ability to do the job, if you're going to stick around, and whether or not you can be managed, your resume is going to answer that question. And these are the three questions that we spent most of our time with in the past week, the past couple of weeks ago when we did the resume workshop. And you can't change these things. And these are things that are on your resume. Now, you can dumb them down, and you can do all sorts of things to make it look like that, but often cannot fix them. These are the four that really make a difference, or the three. Do you want the job? Are you a cultural fit? Or do we, and do we like you? These things can make a huge difference. And it's very interesting. I have firms that like me and like me a lot. And I make a lot of placements there. I would make placements at those firms because not because the resumes are any better, but because the firms like me. And it's like that. If people like you, that makes a difference. If you really want the job, it makes a difference. And if you're a good cultural fit, that makes a difference. And so I'm going to talk about these three things a lot today when we talk about the resumes and the cover letters, because this is really where you can really make a difference. And it's where people that get jobs they shouldn't, that are above their pay grade, get jobs. It's how all sorts of things can happen. So if you go to a really good law school and you're in the bottom of your class, you can still get a job at a good firm if you do these things well. If you go to a poor law school and you don't and you do well and you but you're you don't think you're not well enough to get a job in a big firm normally that interviews on campus, you can get a job if you do these things well. There's all sorts of things you can do to stick out in these. And these three are really extremely important. There this is also interview advice. You can get jobs very well if you want the job. You can get jobs you normally wouldn't if you really want the job. You can get jobs if you're a good cultural fit. And cultural is not about, it is about a lot of stuff. And I'll talk about that. And then you can get jobs if you're really likable. Do you want the job is the first one I'll start with. And people like people or people want to hire people that want to work there that really want to work there. So think about just, and let me just break it back up for a second. The people that are on this call, there's some people that are probably at really big prestigious firms as there always are. And people from those kind of firms seem to like these calls because they learn a lot, but there's people that aren't and there's people, it doesn't matter. But one of the things is a lot of law firms, they're constantly dealing with this kind of cycle of people that can't be managed, that leave and that can't do the job. So all sorts of people, wherever you've worked, I'm sure you've worked around people people 
that can't be managed, that are not following orders, that are leaving early and sneaking out, that are not working when they're supposed to be working, that are people that are, can't, that are not following instructions and do things their own way, people that are always looking for other jobs, talking about different things. And so this is what law firms deal with all day, every day. And so if you were an employer, you wouldn't like that. You wouldn't like dealing with people that can't be managed, that don't appreciate your the firm you have, that don't appreciate, that aren't committed and leaving and quitting all the time. That would be hard for you. Just think about to say that you have to feel sorry for the, your employers, but this is what they deal with on a day-to-day basis. And then they have to use recruiters and they have to host jobs and they have to hire, they have to do all these things to constantly bring people in. So what is really refreshing to them is when someone really wants to work there, not just someone that says, I want to work there and it's a good salary, but someone that really wants to work there. Meaning that person, a person knows about the firm, they, about the employer, they, they've spent time thinking about it, about the firm. They have spoken to people there and know what the kind of work they do work. They've taken the time to connect with recruiting personnel, all sorts of things to show they want the job. And then the person is psyched up and to interview. And then the cover letter makes a good case about the employer, why they want to work there specifically. And this is really one of the most important things. So I'm going to tell you a couple of a couple of kind of fun stories and kind of, but they make this point, I think, to some extent. So when I was young, I've told the story before, but I went to a, my, my mom said I could get a dog and I looked forward to it for a long time. And we drove out to this farm and uh, there was a bunch of puppies and, and I picked out a puppy and, and then. When we were leaving, my mom said, why did you pick that puppy? And I said, that's the puppy that ran up to me and seemed like it liked me the most. Yeah, I picked a puppy that was essentially the run of the litter, but it was the nicest puppy. And that's the one I picked. That's how people work. If someone likes you, you like them back. I'll tell you another funny story, which is my first wife that I married. I was in a, a bar in law school one day and, and she came up to me and, and said, how come you're the only person that's never talked to me? I, you, I really want you to, I've always wanted you to talk to me and that sort of thing. And so that's how I met her. Now, it was interesting. So that was, again, someone like me. Now, if you meet people all the time and the people that really seem to like you, uh, you like people like dogs, dogs like them. So they have them around their house. They put up with them doing all these chewing up their things and going to the bathroom all over their house. And but dogs like people, they love them. And so everyone loves dogs. That's that's their survival instinct. And uh, this is we'll talk about that. But people that really want the job are people that tend to do the best. I had this interesting thing happen. It was there's always attorneys that are so good at getting positions. And and there's also, and I don't know what makes them so good at this, but they're able to, I do know, anytime they interview from someplace, they go in, they know all about the firm. They talk about how all their skills can meet that. They're able to talk about how much they want the firm. They want to work there, all these different sorts of things. And, and those are the people that get the job. And I used to be in... Um, admissions, I did admissions work for the University of Chicago. And they, it was interesting, like they would get all these applicants and admit, I don't know what it was, 10% of them or something. And But the people that got in most of the time were the people that went in and interviewed and said they really wanted to go there. The people, that, if you didn't do that, even if you had great numbers, that they would figure that you were just going to go someplace else if you got in. So people that really want something, if you're able to make that clear, that's a huge deal to places. And resume does not answer that question cover letter answers that question. And we'll talk more about that in a minute when we start looking at cover letters. But the cover letter answers that question. The resume cannot really answer the question if you really want the job. The resume can answer if you can do the job. It can answer if you can be managed, but it cannot answer if you really want the job. And so the resume, the cover letter is what does that. 
And so if you really want the job and you really want something, people are going to be persuaded that you are going to want to work there. I've had so many people, like I get one example is like resumes from recruiters. We get resumes from recruiters every day and it's very hard to keep up with them. But one of the, and it's not that I'm saying that's a bad thing, it's a good thing, but it's difficult to sort the, the people that really want the job from the ones that don't. I remember some of the people that I've hired to be to work here as recruiters are people that have just contacted me and been like, I've wanted to work for you for, for years. I'm at the end of this thing. I love this about what you do and boom that's a great way to get a job so if i go into a pile of recruiter resumes that we've received it may be five thousand in the past year i don't know what it is it's not it's a lot now most of those are not you don't have the skills but the people that have done something like that are the people that anybody would be interested in and people that get your attention are the ones that look like they want the job so wanting the job is something you can do in a cover letter you can tell the person why you want that specific job and why wouldn't you do you think and i'm just i want to make sure you understand if you have if i received four thousand applications and out of that i might not have hired i don't know interviewed very few the only people that i'm really interested in are the people that really want something so if someone really wants something then that's a huge thing. I had an instance once where I went in to interview in a firm. Where was it? It was it was a firm that's no longer in existence, but called Dewey Ballantyne. And I went in and the first person I interviewed with was head of the hiring committee. And, and I said to her that my grandfather had gone to college with Thomas Dewey. And he always said, if I became a lawyer, I should work at that firm. And I've always wanted to work here. That was all I needed to do. That's, you got the job. So out of all the other people that they probably could have hired someone that really wants it. So your cover letter, if your cover letter is really freaking good and it sticks out, it will make that case. And you should think through that. Now, a lot of people do the same cover letter for every employer and basically the same thing. And all you're doing there is really not giving yourself a chance. If you really want a job and you send a really good cover letter and you figure out who to send it to, like this first one, Dear HR Administrator, that doesn't do anything. This is just, you can see here, this is just a resume. This is just a resume. So your cover letter should never do this. It shouldn't tell people you can do the job. You can, if you have a lot of moves, sometimes you can advance that, but it really needs to show that you really want the job because if you really want something, just think about what somebody that wants, if somebody wants, what's the difference? The difference is they will learn or they will commit. They'll take instruction and they'll be managed. They will learn what they need to do. They will do everything they can to get along with others. They will respect authority. They will be grateful. These are just huge things. Think about this whole idea of gratitude too. So someone that gives you the idea that working for you or doing something for you is just amazing. And that's something that would really be meaningful to them. And they would really appreciate the opportunity is a big deal. It's something that makes a difference and that people want. So people like people that like them. And if you really want the job, that's a huge thing. That's something that is going to make a big difference. So you can communicate that on the cover letter and we will cover that. And again, if you have cover letters you'd like me to review, put them in the Q&A, but we'll cover that in a little more detail because this is huge. If you want something, then it's going to make a difference and employers are would be insane not to hire someone. So I had an experience once where I had an in-house counsel job and then someone walked into 
my office and basically and said, this is, I really want to work for you. I've seen this ad. This would be an incredible opportunity for me, all this sort of thing. And I hired the person and it was literally the worst person I'd ever hired. And I mean, for in terms of attorneys and I spent, because she wanted the job so much and acted like she did, I spent a lot of time trying to coach her and make her effective and it just never worked. But because she wanted the job so much, I just felt like I really wanted her to work there. People that want the job, it makes a huge difference. I told another story and I'll tell this one again, but I've told this before. When law schools, a lot of them, and the one I went to, a lot of times people that would get waitlisted would come and the day class started would be sitting out in front of the admissions office when there's hundreds of people maybe that have been waitlisted saying, I'm here ready to go to class if you want to admit me. And those are the people a lot of times, at least the one I went to, and this is of course a long time ago, would get in. I remember walking past the admissions office and I'm like, what are all these people doing? And they were like, they sit here and they wait to see if they will let them in. And I was, and it makes a difference. Those are the people that really want to go there. So they could just call some random person on the phone and admit them, but they're letting people in that are taking the initiative to show up and really want something. So really wanting something is a huge difference. Sometimes people will do things like, I will work for free if I can, can I show you? Or they'll do informational interviews. There's all sorts of things you can do. But if you really want the job, people will be very interested in hiring you and you will rise to the top. And very few people do this. It's the biggest mistake that you can make in interviewing someplace. So what does a cultural fit mean? So cultural fit's important and I'm going to bring it up and it's not something I'm happy to happy talking about, but I will talk about it because it does make a difference. And it's of course the exact opposite of what I should be talking about in this day and age, but I'm going to talk about it. People will hire people that they identify with. And that can be the same background, which means it could be schools, could be religion, could be could be interest in athletics, could be politics, shared upbringing. I don't know, but I could get into it. It could be all sorts of things. It could be sometimes it's race, sometimes it's sex, it's sometimes it's just a, it could be a bunch of different things. And there are lots of things that are culturally related, but it's also it could also just be demeanor. It could be meaning versus introverted versus so who knows? But there's just different personality types out there. And a lot of times you can tell the type of person, the culture of someplace based on the, all these different things. There are law firms that I had this incredible experience. I was, um, when I, so I got this job at this Dewey Valentine firm, which, and then after I'd been there for a while, I discovered that most of the partners that were, and it was not a huge office, were all Catholic and went to the similar, and that, is that an accident? I don't know, but it just, it's not, and they all went to church. It's not, again, it's not that common for people to all go to church in LA. And it's just, it was interesting. And maybe they were hiring people of similar backgrounds. Now I'm not, I was not of that background, but at the same time, there are law firms. There's an, a firm in LA that I was talking to a hiring person there once and they interviewed someone and they said, we're pretty much a group of, and then they use the a religion. I don't want to say what it is. And we hire people like us. And is that discrimination? I don't know, but that's just how it works. So sometimes people will hire people from similar backgrounds. People hire people. Some firms are composed of a lot of people that have a lot of interest in sports or athletes. Some people, there's firms that are Democratic and firms that are Republican. And I can't control this stuff. It's just how it is. And it's how if you feel like there are firms out there that you might be a good, and some firms are working or have composed of people from working class versus class backgrounds and others are, I don't know, but whatever. It's just how it is versus uh, people from academic family. This is just how it is. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. 
and one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. And it's not like that, of course, with all firms, but they all have different cultures and, and it's just what it is. So sometimes you, with a law firm, you have to understand what the culture is. And when you go and you interview with these firms or you know about them, you may be a good cultural fit. And that means you may play a sport with someone. You may know someone from a group. You may know someone from, I don't know. But if you're a good cultural fit, that may be an opportunity to bring that out in some way in your cover letter. Now, you don't say that I went to this temple or whatever with this person, but you have, but law firms are often looking for those clues. Now, do I think that's right? I'm not saying, I'm not making any statements one way or another about that, but sometimes that's how it works. So if you understand the culture of a place and you feel comfortable with that culture, then then that's probably something, if you can bring that up, that's a good thing. So how would you bring that up? So I'll give you an example. So there's there are places where people work extremely hard and where there are firms where people work 3,000 hours a year and, and that's just what's expected and that's the culture. The culture is not based on race or schools. It's just work on being very hard. And if that's the kind of culture that you're comfortable in, you bring that up. You talk about that in your cover letter. I'm used to working hard hours and commit and all this. And that's going to, people are going to like that. Or if you say, I'm not, if I'm, I'm want to be part of a place that's congenial or, and this is really important to me. That's a cultural thing at some firms too. So congenial and I don't know, but there's just, there's all sorts of things. So if you understand the culture of a place, then that's also very important. And your cover letter can do that. Now, the next one, and this is a final one, is, and let's just talk, let me just talk about this real briefly. So, you know, what happens when someone is a good cultural fit? It's extreme. It's a big deal. So what happens when someone's a good cultural fit is that person makes friends and it feels supported, supported by the firm and stays. That person is likely is coached and, and gets gets informal knowledge and all sorts of things. Others are comfortable around that person, person and trust them. The firm believes they are a good representative. And make no mistake about it, law firms have cultures. They have very well-defined cultures. And, and they, a lot of times, will pick that up from the resume that they have cultures and certain people fit into those cultures and others don't. And it's not to say that there's no, law firms want diversity, they want diversity of thought, they want, but they, at the same time, they also have cultures. And people are animals and animals stick together in a way that, where they want to be around people that they trust. And, and I'll answer questions related to this, but this is a very important thing. Your cover letter can sometimes do that. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com. 